0: Hey, it's me, Van Lathan, host of Higher Learning. I wanted to tell you about one of my favorite shows on our network, The Ringerverse. Hmm, It's a really great show. Heading to The Ringerverse to stay up to date with all things superheroes and nerd culture entertainment. This week, we covered Venom Let There Be Carnage and the season finale of What If on The Ringerverse. And let me tell you something about The Ringerverse. You guys can go a lot of places to get your fandom and your nerd culture stuff. But I can tell you without a doubt that the hosts on the Ringerverse, one host in particular, is one of the best and most cutting edge minds in fandom history. I'm gonna let you figure it out, but this guy knows everything when it comes to comics, when it comes to stories, when it comes to movies, when it comes to everything in general. He's amazing, all right? Check him out. Check them out. Everybody's great. Everybody's great on the Ringerverse. The Ringerverse has the best assortment of talent that you'll ever find. But there's this one guy. He's fantastic. Okay, you can find the Ringerverse on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Yo, 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 Thought Warriors, what is up? Higher learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr.
1: And it's me, Rachel, Lynn Lindsay.
0: Rachel was just telling me about some of the feedback she's getting from the Sage Steel situation.
1: Yes, that story you can tell.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're not talking about other stuff. You think I would do you that Uh,
1: way? (laughs) Van, you love to take what we talk about five minutes before this podcast and bring it straight into the top of the show. Uh, Yeah, there are several black women in my DMs saying to me, you shouldn't kick our black sister while she's down. Obviously, you didn't press play. Because Sage doesn't identify as a black sister. So you obviously weren't listening to what the whole issue is surrounding her and the controversial things that she's been saying over the years. But
0: you That's know. an interesting little dynamic there. If someone doesn't consider themselves black, do you still consider them black? Like for example. Well, I do. Camille, my friend. Camille oh, Foster. Oh, I
1: forgot. Yeah, he doesn't do, see that.
0: Says he's not black. <laughs> he says he doesn't want to be defined by his phenotypic traits. Tiger Woods once said he was was it? Coblasian. Coblasian. If someone doesn't consider themselves black, do we still consider them black? I know we did it with Tiger Woods, but that's just because he was winning. What nah, we, nah we, we need him. him. Oh, Copper. <laughs> copper. <laughs> Cop a real nigga, though.
1: thing. <laughs> <Jesse. laughs> said yeah. I said what I said. Mm-hmm. Um, Hey. For people like Camille, I'm very curious. Now, there's always an option where you can check that you don't want to identify what your race is, you know, when you're filling out certain things. Yes. But at some point, you've got to identify your race. What does Camille do?
0: I don't know, but I know that he is very strong
1: in, in words, his... in word, like a strong... <laughs> no, I don't mean it like that. I mean, like <laughs> he's strong with his words as far as like he mm-hmm. emphatically believes that he is not black. You know, what does he say? I'm a human being. I'm a father. Human being, kind of he's,
0: a, he's a human being. He's a father. He's an American. He's all of those things.
1: And you also black. He says no. So, to answer your question, mm-hmm. if somebody doesn't consider them black, themselves black, but I see them as black, they're black.
0: Okay. Now, what about people who aren't black, but then consider themselves to be black? A la Dolezal. Do you give <laughs> now, her-
1: Black is not a characteristic- mm-hmm. I, Well, I mean, I guess it is, technically, but like, black is like- <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not- <laughs> Let me figure out my words right for Rachel. How do you say your last name? Dolzol. Dolzol. I always yeah. want to say like Dolezal. Mm-hmm. Um, She uses blackness as like a trait, a feeling. Feeling. You know, a sense of being. No, yeah. like you you don't get to adopt blackness because you are fond of black people, of their culture, of their experiences. That's not we're not caricatures. True. You know, you don't get to play black. You don't get to dress up and do that right. and not live every day. Because any day you could you could say, you know what? I've had enough today. I'm going to be white. We don't uh-huh. get to do that. We don't get to peel off our black skin and be something else.
0: We don't. It is interesting though. It do you is call interesting. Camille?
1: Do you think Camille is black? Yeah. Okay.
0: I mean, I'm not gonna call him black because he has a right to define himself of, with whatever he wants to. Camille gets to say, "Hey, I'm, I don't, I don't want to be black, and that's fine. You don't want to be black, you don't want to be black. I'm not gonna." So,
1: if you were introducing Camille to someone, and and let's just say you were going to a restaurant, uh-huh. and you're like, "Okay, it's me and my friend Camille and uh your friend, whoever John, uh-huh. we'll say." And John's like, hey, I'm here first, and you're like, I'm 15 minutes late. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Camille should be there in five minutes. He's like, oh, okay, well, what does Camille look like so I know, I know how to tell him I'm already here. Mm-hmm. I know how to spot him. What would you say?
0: I would say he's a black guy. But don't say that to him.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would say, hey, yo, yo, Camille is black, but you know, don't don't make any reference to that because <laughs> he's got some really really interesting. But look, I. I don't, this is my thing. If you don't want to be black, black is a descriptor. And as in the descriptor, that's fine. But if you don't want to be black, I take this as as meaning this. I take that as meaning this. This is what I take. So there's a cultural expression that goes along with blackness, just like there is with any culture, right? Mm -hmm. Like being Italian means more than just being born in Italy or being able to trace your roots back there. Sure. There's like a a whole set of experiences, a worldview, a culture, a beauty that comes with it.
1: A history. Yeah. A history,
0: right? A history and a present. hmm You know? Mm-hmm. And if you say, hey, I'm not Italian, you're saying no to that. Mm-hmm. So if you say you might not be able to change your skin color, but if you say that you don't want to be black, then to me. You're saying no to Frederick Douglass. You're saying no to James Baldwin. You're saying no to Nikki Giovanni. You're saying no to uh, Martin Luther King Jr. You're saying no to a bunch of people who helped us define what American blackness is. And if you don't want to be a part of that, that's cool. I would just say, hey, it's pretty amazing.
1: I would say, hey, good luck with that. Because you got an uphill va- battle trying to convince people that you are not what they see.
0: It's working out for Camille. Ah, he's cooking. Shout out to Camille. Shout out to Camille Foster, man. Look, like, people can do whatever they want to do.
1: They absolutely that's, can. That's and more you, blackness and we for me. Criti- And we can critique it. You can be whatever you want, and we have the right to critique it. Do we? Yes.
0: Sometimes we do.
1: You can give your opinion.
0: <laughs> Sometimes we have a right to critique choices that people make. Other times, it's frowned upon.
1: <laughs> we got to write with this one. <laughs> right with this one. we cool.
0: All right. All right. Uh, later on in the show, we are going to be joined by Caroline Corbin. Okay. Caroline Corbin is a professor of law at the University of Miami. There has been a development uh, on the front of the Texas abortion ban. And rather than us fumble through it and fuck it up we're going to let the constitutional law professor come on. And that's not to say that Rach couldn't do this. Rach is a lawyer. I'm not, I'm just saying, for me personally, I go, circuit of appeals, uh, jurors the process, then uh, my brain explodes. So bring Carole- her on. <laughs> so, so Caroline bring- did
1: a fantastic a job fantastic last job. time. Breaking it down step by step. She's a professor. She. This is what she does. So yeah. Why, yeah. why do we need to do it when there's somebody who can do it better than us? Boom!
0: Higher learning. That's going to be a little bit later. Uh, Right now we're going to take a break and talk a little bit about Dave
2: Chappelle. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by anytime fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why anytime fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus you can track your training, nutrition and recovery progress with the anytime fitness app. Just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So, when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right. Uh, so, Dave Chappelle's latest stand up special is
0: out. It's called The Closer. Um, have you seen this stand up special? I saw it. You watched it. You watched it. What are your thoughts, it. Rach? What are your thoughts?
1: I mean, where do you start? Like it's such a it's such a, a a general question. Can you can you ask me a direct a direct question? No, 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 no.
0: no. Okay.
1: Okay, but I'll tell you my initial thoughts. What's thoughts? your initial I th- thoughts? I thought, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Dave uh-huh. Chappelle's got another stand up. Baby. I feel like we found out. I at least found out, and y'all know I'm always late to the party. Um, like a week ago, mm. so I wasn't even expecting it. So I was like, wow, well, Dave Chappelle's got this new material coming out. I'm geeked about it. Uh-huh. It dropped and I started hearing rumblings. rumblings. I didn't see it. I didn't see yeah. it the first day it came out. Yeah. And I was like, well, Dave, that, that's to be expected. Dave, it can be a little controversial. Uh-huh. And then I started hearing certain things. I was like, oh, he goes once again talking about the LGBTQ plus community. He's talking about the baby. Oh, gosh. Aren't we done with him right now? The baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, okay, I got to sit and watch this for myself. To be honest with you, I stopped watching it. Did you? Halfway through.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: And I knew we were going to talk about it. Uh-huh. So i picked, I've finished the other half before this podcast. Hmm.
0: So you stopped watching it because you were so offended by it that you stopped watching
1: it. It's not even that I was so offended by it. I, I, cause I, once I finished it, once I finished it, it was like, okay, usually in Dave Chappelle's standups, he's making a bigger point. Right. There's something he's trying to he's the whole thing is him telling a story. And there's a, a big point that he's trying to make at the end of it. And I cut it off so I didn't get there initially. So when I got to the end, I said, "Okay, he had a bigger point to make. I guess the problem with this one more than others is I'm glad I watched it rather than just reading tweets and reading certain articles because there was some context that was missed in a headline which if you listen to last week's episode we told you guys don't just read headlines but what i think he failed to do this time is he talked about race he talked about the lgbtq plus community but he assumed certain things that he just didn't fully explain for example talking about the baby and he said you know, we were more concerned with the with his offensive comments to the community than we were that the fact that he killed someone. And you listen to that and you're like, wow, why as as a society are we more concerned with the fact that I mean they should either be equal or we should be outraged that he took somebody's life? And then you you think, okay, maybe a lot of people don't know that. Then you also think you research it, and it's like, well. He didn't just go and murder somebody. His his statement is that he was defending his family from this person. So it wasn't like he intentionally just killed somebody. He had to defend his family. And he felt that there was a threat to where he. it was either him or, or them. So that kind of context was missing in some of the jokes and the points that he was making. And I think that's why it became even more offensive to certain communities or calling himself a turf. You know, like I can see why so many people are outraged by it. I just, if it could have been like a three hour special and he could have added a little bit more context in explaining certain things and not assume or stereotyped in certain ways, I think people wouldn't be as offended that's what i gathered from it
0: so we should say that based upon dave Chappelle's uh stand up special that's come out he has been blasted by everyone glad the national B- black justice coalition uh a lot of people a lot of people are coming out twitter's in a frenzy in an uproar um they are getting on him for ridiculing trans people one thing i'll say about the the baby thing so let's make sure that we don't pull any punches about the baby um or in the correlation that Dave Chappelle made about the baby. Let's make sure that we that we speak openly and honestly about that. Okay, so the baby killed a man uh at a Walmart, in a Walmart parking lot, actually, because he felt like his life was in danger. Let's say that that's not why the baby killed a man.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's say that the baby was in an argument with someone, pulled out and shot a guy. Mm-hmm. Let's say that the baby shot a guy in a robbery gone wrong, did some time and came out. Would that really affect his career as a rapper? Sadly, no. Of course not. So when you're comparing the baby and saying we, the important thing is who is the we? If the we, if by we you mean white American corporate interests. Well, then the question I would ask is what are they supposed to do if we, as in the community, as in hip hop fans, if we like the baby? See, if we like the baby, then they're going to like him no matter what. So if we like him, they're going to like him. So if we don't care about the baby shooting someone, then they're not going to care.
1: But can I say this? I don't know if everybody knows that he shot somebody.
0: It doesn't matter if they know or if they don't know. It wouldn't change. Yes it does. No, it wouldn't. Not to me. It wouldn't change at all what people think about the baby because the baby raps about shooting and killing people all the See, time. See,
1: and 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 that's the thing. He may one he may do that and it may mm-hmm. he just may be lying about it cuz that definitely happens with rappers or two you didn't hear that part, that lyric in the song. I don't know every lyric the baby raps. I might just know the chorus and the beat. Mm. My qu- So maybe that's, my, I'm irresponsible for that. Maybe No, you know,
0: I'm not saying you're irresponsible. I'm saying that we're actually fucking like, we're, sh- we're completely fooling ourselves if we think as a community that we care about either the violent lifestyles or the violence in the music that go along with hip hop. Guys in hip hop get lit up all the time. Guys in, and look, and I love hip hop. Gucci got a body. The baby got a body. Snoop was on trial for murder. Like it, it, and then these and then when they're not then you have other rappers and this is not all hip hop by any means. But what I'm telling you is these things aren't disqualifying factors in hip hop. They're just not and the reality of it is when you say we don't care, who is the we? The fact of the matter is the baby the baby caught a body in that a lot of people actually like that because they say, hey, this is a guy who's actually being in real life who he says he is on a record. Not only that, forget about that. Forget about the violence in the Walmart. The baby's been violent with people that have come up to him at clubs. The baby's got a, a assault charge here and assault charge there. I'm not talking shit on him what I'm saying is he comes from a certain place with a certain degree of trauma that he feels like he always has to defend himself. And sometimes in defending himself or protecting what it is that he has, he's going to do whatever he's got to do. Even if those things come off as offensive, I think what Dave Chappelle is missing. And I'll say this about the, the special in and of itself special was hilarious. It was very funny, right? A lot of the things that he said in the special Absolutely, I understand how people are going to be offended by them. And they should be because he's trying to offend them. I think Dave Chappelle is still funny. But a lot of the... Yeah, of it, course. It, I think Dave Chappelle is still funny, of course. But a lot of things aren't, they aren't smart. Because if you're indicting somebody about the fact that we don't care as much about who the baby killed, the people that you should be indicting are the fans of the music. Because what the mm-hmm. gay and lesbian community... What they're saying is, hey, we have a standard for how we're going to be talked to and talked about. Yeah. Like we have a standard. Don't cross us. Don't fuck with us. And the reality is that in hip hop and me as a hip hop fan, I'll say this. I'll cop this. I'm going to speak to myself. I haven't set a hard enough standard on the violence in the music. I haven't set a hard enough standard in the treatment of women in the music. I haven't set a hard enough standard in the homophobia in the music. We accept all that as part of it. So you can't castigate America for responding to a group of people who have said, Hey, we are not going to tolerate being spoken to like this. Mm -hmm. Like you can't be like, Oh, you guys care about it. Nah, they, they don't care about it when we do it because to be honest with you, we don't really care about it. And the reasons why we don't really care about it in my opinion the reason why I can't get mad at the baby when he's rapping like that is because I know too many of the babies. I know too many of the babies who are guys just like that, and I hoop with them. I like I I play video games with them. And you can't just get mad not, at the baby on, for which part? I can't get mad at the baby for the violent lifestyle that he has. I can't get mad at the baby for a lot of the stuff that he's done. Like I can't Okay, I just
1: want you to clarify.
0: Because I understand it. And like I I I really do. I understand it. The LGBTQ community is saying, hey, we're not trying to be understanding of homophobia. Yeah. Like, we don't dig yeah. it. So, don't matter how you meant it, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's very true. And so, and so for me, I'm like, yo, you know, I get, when I hear the music, when I hear, like, when when I hear Juvenile say, when I'm in a room with a bitch and a hoe don't want to fuck, like a man, I'm going to beat my meat and get my fucking nut. Like, that sounds like gospel to my ears. That's the, oh, that, that's the be." That's what he said. <laughs> that's that. That's that's how juvenile on fire. That's how it. Um. That's how it begins. Or oh, four hundred degrees. I can't remember now. My brain is fried. But when I hear that, I don't think. Oh, he's gonna pull out his dick and jack off in front of a girl who didn't want to have sex with him in a hotel room. That's what he just said. Like I that's see, what. De- I, that's I mean, when I first fire,
1: heard I like. Keisha, yeah, uh, whose CD is that on? The Hot Boys or Wayne's? One of them. I said, "Oh my God!"
0: But we danced to it.
1: I was not. I not. Keisha took it too far for me. <laughs> Keisha took it too far. I was too, maybe I was too young. I don't know. So, so
0: if we come back to Chappelle, okay, and so he told a very moving story in a special about a transgender friend of his who he mm-hmm. had um, a really amazing experience with in San Francisco, who then uh, killed herself. Hmm um after dave's sticks and stones came out and uh this friend defended dave and then there was some backlash and then later on this friend killed her killed herself and dave chappelle says he can't be sure that the friend killed herself because he because uh, she was getting dragged on twitter but it certainly didn't help and that struck me more than anything Mm -hmm. because His overall point, I guess, in telling these stories was that he wants to get to a point to where we can laugh together and after we've crossed the threshold of being able to laugh together, then perhaps we can get to a threshold where we're all human and nobody's punching down or nobody's punching anyone. We're all just laughing at each other, right? Mm -hmm. The thing that struck me about it was that his friend committed suicide, which is something that runs rampant in the trans community because of sentiments that Dave is talking about or espousing on his standup special. Like in the stand-up special, Dave says, Hey, gender is real. Gender is a very real thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like he's 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 putting concrete Around a discussion That trans people are trying to have with America And they need America to take part in the discussion And when you don't take part in the discussion And you say hey this is real This isn't this, What you're feeling is this It's fine whatever But this is what it is When it's so concrete And it's so Like when you sterilize it like that Remove the human empathy from it Or remove the humanity from it at all That forces people in my opinion Into little corners Where they feel like this world just isn't for me. Like listen, like Dave Chappelle, everybody loves Dave Chappelle. He's up there, he feels like this, you know what? I just I just got unlucky. This life isn't for me. I'm out. And and so I wonder, and I wonder this about everyone who is who is like Dave. I just wonder if if he gets it. Cuz I don't think Dave Chappelle is not a bad guy. Like he's not a bad dude. Cause he's always been this way, but I just wonder if, in this particular instance, if he's actually getting it.
1: You don't think he got it?
0: No, I don't. I don't think he gets it. I don't think he gets it. I don't. I don't think he gets. When I say gets it, I don't think he gets what what needs to happen here. I think that things have passed him up, like that stand-up special. God rest his soul. That stand that standup special is stuff that I would expect my father to say. Like, I, I, I think that you have to be dedicated to evolution.
1: Hmm.
0: And the the real thing is, Dave Chappelle. It doesn't fucking matter what you think about gender. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what you think about it. It doesn't matter. No. It, it like it doesn't fucking matter what you think. Who cares? All right. You think that's that? Who cares? What gives you the right to get on there, get on the stage and give a sermon about somebody else's life? I love Dave. And I was highly entertained mm-hmm. by the special, even though there were cringe-worthy moments that were, were all over the place. Um, I love Dave. I understood he gave it to everybody. He gave a little bit to the LGPD community, a little bit to us, the black community. He gave a little bit to the Jewish community Um,
1: but I don't know. You know, when it got to the end and he told the story and he, you see him kind of, I feel like he kind of gets choked up and he's like, I'm not ready to talk about it. I felt that he blamed himself a little bit for what happened to his friend. And I felt like the only way that he could, I don't want to say make himself feel better. I, I guess it's like move on or, or take it in, or I don't know, just like deal with it was to continue in the way that he's always done to make it seem like the jokes that he was making, the point that he was trying to make at the end of this were okay, because then he, maybe he doesn't feel that, that guilt from his friend that committed suicide. That's what, I don't know if that's the greater point that he was making, but in the end, I felt like that's what he was trying to do. If he succumbs to public pressure and the criticism that he's getting about it, it almost makes what happened to his friend, his fault. Do you understand what I'm saying? Not really. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> in, my head, in my head, I'm looking at Jermaine. In my head, so, okay. in my head, it's making sense. It's, it's almost like he's taking up for the cra- for his craft and his friend believed in what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Didn't get offended his friend who's transgender didn't get offended by what he was doing because he understood that it was all a part of the art form. Mm-hmm. Then his friend became subjected to the same criticism. if not worse. Being a person of that community got subjected to that same criticism and couldn't handle it and ended up committing suicide. Mm-hmm. I think for Dave, This is what I assume to to be able to handle and deal with that tragedy. He almost had to keep going in that line of defending the art form to justify his actions. Does that make? Do you understand what I'm saying?
0: I do. Okay. So this is what I am assuming
1: that I am assuming that's what he was doing.
0: This is why I appreciate the space that David Chappelle is occupying. Mm -hmm. Like I appreciate the space where you get on. Uh, a stage and you just go, hey, these are the jokes that I have. Really, the joke that I really didn't think that he, that that any comedian would ever tell would be the couple of Jewish jokes that he told. i, I Like I did, yes. I one of them was a direct commentary on Israel, and I'm like, ew Dave, God damn, okay. And then
1: said it gets worse, and that might have been and like then, one of the worst things he said.
0: Yeah, well, look, I'm not, I'm not, you know. I just did worse not worse Whatever I I just didn't think that someone would say That on the stage when uh, Just knowing That you know whatever but So I appreciate the space That he occupies because I Believe in saying whatever the fuck you want To say I, I believe it. In saying whatever the fuck you Want to say of course I'd say it all say whatever The fuck you want to say but I also believe In conversation consequence For After sure. those things And so if I'm Dave Chappelle, right, and I have a stand up special, and then the stand up special ends up in my friend defending me, and the defense of me causes my friend to be um, held accountable, attacked, dragged, whatever adjective you want to mm-hmm. use on Twitter. After that, then the friend commits suicide, maybe not directly related to what happened, but like Dave said, it couldn't have helped. What I would wonder is if I wouldn't have made those jokes about that community, would my friends still be alive?
1: You don't think he... I think that's why when you said, does he get it? That's what I thought you were referring to because I think he absolutely... There's no way that didn't cross his mind.
0: I'm sure it... And I'm
1: not uh, taking up for him. I'm just saying because that would make me pause that would make me say I, it, it would really make me change what I was doing but that's mm. me and right. I'm trying to see the other side of it and I think that he has to keep going to almost make what he did seem not I explained it the way I did this The you get it you get what I'm no, saying I, I, don't I, to I totally get
0: it, it. no no I, only thing I'm saying is look man Dave is not <laughs> I don't think Dave is evil. I don't think Dave is uh, toxic. Dave is just wrong.
1: Can I ask you this? Do you think he's transphobic?
0: Yeah. And he thinks he's transphobic. No, he doesn't. He did say that. He said it a million times during the special. He says, I'm transphobic.
1: See, he, okay. I don't said, know how that passed me because He said it a, a to bunch me, of times in the special, To yeah. me he kept going back and saying like I love the community and I love this and I'm not against it. But then would make a joke that would contradict that. So I never remember him flat out saying I I am transphobic. Oh, he
0: said I, it a bunch of times.
1: I felt like he was saying he wasn't, but then your jokes were saying your jokes were saying you were. Now he very clearly transphobic. I I agree, Mm -hmm. but to me, I didn't know that he said it explicitly. To me, it was like, your jokes are saying it. If you really weren't transphobic, you wouldn't make that type of joke. Now, the only thing I will say is I don't know if I... A lot of people were saying that he was perpetuating violence against the community. I didn't get that.
0: Well, he did have one joke where he talked about... Okay,
1: was I not listening?
0: I'm not sure. (laughs) Remember, he, he, he... talked about uh he had a joke where he talked about actually getting in a physical fight with uh, uh um,
1: oh shit he did
0: yeah <laughs> he said that he he was jabbing a woman in the club he, okay i take
1: that back i totally forgot about that joke
0: like yes. chicken cutlets yes,
1: yes i totally forgot that joke i'm gonna
0: be louser when he said that i laughed because he said, yes like, i think you know. the
1: whole audience full of people laughed. i totally forgot that he totally did he made it okay to to no, attack. But you, look in that instance.
0: I, no, I want you guys to go back and I want everybody to what I want the Thought Warriors to do, as painful as it is, um, and I want the conversation o- about this to keep going because this is a conversation that needs to be had. Uh, but I want you to watch the special. I don't think I think the special in and of itself is uh Dave doing doing his best to try to be as incendiary as he can be, but also do it with a lighter touch. Um, I think it just fails because of the times we're in. I think it just fails too because so many other things on its face. I saw a tweet that was that was amazing. Dave talked to, Dave talked about the fact that he left $50 million at the table in this uh yeah. in this situation.
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: saw a tweet, and I'm going to read the tweet verbatim. Okay. And I really thought, to be honest with you, that it was an absolutely amazing observation. It is from at the Gates of Mel on Twitter. Melanie Dion, great follower on Twitter. She said, Dave Chappelle left, left $50 million on the table, left his whole family behind and hid out in Africa because a white man laughed too hard at a nigger joke that he told with the express purpose of people laughing at it. Is that true? I, yeah, of course. Yeah.
1: I did not know that's why he ended up leaving yeah, North yeah, Africa. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, watch his Oprah interview. I will not believe that he doesn't understand the issues with his specials. So that's, what true. She's saying that's a is great point. Dave Chappelle understands that, you know, being a person in the in in America that is oft assailed means sometimes. It's hard to laugh with people Mm -hmm. when they're talking about you. Mm -hmm. And he should know that better than anyone because he told the joke and got mad because they were laughing too hard.
1: It's a fantastic point. It's a great point.
0: Anyway, you guys watch the special, make up your own minds. What you about to say, Rachel? I'm sorry.
1: The only thing, no, the only thing I was going to say is if his friend had not passed away, I think it would have been a totally different special.
0: There you go. He says he's not going to do another one for a long time. Dave Chappelle is one of the finest minds in comedy, uh, but you know, you, we just have to be, we just have to be compassionate. I, you know, okay. I, I agree.
1: E- every way, single time, have, I'm like, "Oh, go ahead."
0: Uh, by the way, the 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 the, the 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 I have friends in the community trope. Can we fucking okay? Like, I got you know. Like we, can we got friends in the community? I got a couple of trans people I hang out with. I'm like, I right, nigga, the fuck does that have to do with anything? I love Dave. I don't want to like, but but yes,
1: he did the I have black yeah. friends thing. I always, I, you know, I always when it's a community that does not directly it affects a community that does not directly impact me. I always think how I would feel if it was about being black. That's do you? Okay, you're like. But no, no, no,
0: no, no, no. I'm blank faced because you just something just jumped in my mind. I would (laughs) argue that it is your community because the black trans people, the black, you know what I mean, the black. I think that's one of the things. No, I'm just saying because when you said that, I, I like it jumped in my mind. I would argue that I think that's part of it. I think the oftentimes the black trans people and the black. Uh, gay people, they don't feel like they're one with us because they feel like we other them a little bit when really they are us.
1: Correct. I more so mean they. there are issues that affect them that don't directly impact me. Gotcha. And, f- and to empathize, I always say, would I be offended if you took out the offensive uh, term towards them and made it against black people. And if my answer is yes, then it, you know what I mean? Like that's how I always check myself. If my answer is yes, that I would be offended, it's wrong. And I yeah. think that's what people need to do sometimes. Like put yourself in that person's shoes. And if you that would offend you, then it's a problem.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like like I said, <laughs> like still love Dave Chappelle, but was I cringe? Was I a little pissed off? Sure. But I think that's what he was trying to do. All right. I want to jump to something here. Uh, we're going to come back to more substantive issues in a second. Uh, but before we get to uh, Professor Corbin and talking about what just happened down in Texas with the abortion law, I want to talk about a story that I love. Photographer deletes couples wedding pics <laughs> after being denied food. Thought worse. We need a poll on our thought wars about this. Photographer deleted wedding photos after she was denied a break to get something to eat and drink. Sparking a whole conversation on social media. According to Newsweek, the unnamed photographer po- posted about her experience on Reddit's, so I, Am I the asshole for him. She said that she had been working for six hours straight as a favor to the groom and bride. As a favor to the groom and bride for a flat rate of $250, which the couple said is nothing for a 10-hour event. I'm not really a photographer. I'm a dog groomer photographer said take lots of photos of dogs all day to put on my Facebook and Instagram it's my thing if that makes sense she was snapping some photos she was looking forward to eating dinner and taking a break however the bride and groom denied her request I was told I cannot stop to eat because I need to be a photographer didn't even save her a spot at the table She deleted all the wedding photos that she took that day. You get no photos after she got played like this. People on social media debated this. Rachel, you are married. I am not. Yeah. Where do you stand on this issue?
1: I mean, I think everybody stands on the side that you pay the photographer. Right? Isn't that the issue?
0: No, the issue, is not that you, <laughs> the issue is not that you pay the photographer. The issue was is I that the photographer deleted all the photos that they took that day because they didn't let her eat.
1: I would have, I'm on the side of the photographer, first of all. First okay. off, mm-hmm. I believe in in paying people for what they do. The fact that it was $250 is insane. You're missing the, the point. Time. No, I'm not. I'm saying this is why I would be on the side of her okay. because they already, they gypped her from the beginning. It's absolutely ridiculous. You can't say if, that. What does that, say, that mean? Can't say gyp. What is it? Oh, is it is it for gypsy? Yeah. Is it really?
0: T R toxic rage. Dave Chappelle rage.
1: Wow. I told. I honestly, I had no idea that's where that came from. Learn something new. Keep this in here because I'm pretty sure <laughs> other people didn't know that either. Keep it in. Right. Um. Sorry. Uh. F- to the communities that I offended by that. I just learned that. Um. If I were the photographer, I would have passed out. Fake passed out. And um, when I came to, I would have told everybody that they wouldn't allow me to eat and I'm starving. I would have made it a full announcement. When everybody gathered around me, I would have said, well, the reason I passed out is because they won't allow me to eat. So I'm on the side of the photographer.
0: And then you're going to sue after that?
1: No, there's no need to sue.
0: You could fall and then hit your head, too.
1: You're I'm right. Nightmares.
0: You're right. So this is my deal. I have something called a dick contract and no. It's not a contract where I have to deliver certain amounts of dick. That's not what it is. The contract of me is this. Any thing that I'm doing can be dissolved by you being a dick. Doesn't matter. Okay. You could be paying me $35,000, $50,000. I'm and if somewhere, somebody's rude to you. If you start acting like a dick, I reserve the right to blow the fucking spot up or to not render services. I don't work with. I'm, I'm not. I'm not working with no more dicks. I'm not. I'm not. It's, it's, if you're a dick to me, same thing. You're a dick to me. Oh, you mean you tell me I can't have beef or chicken? I can't get a little piece of wedding cake. Which you, would get you no have? Which you, you would have deleted them? Fucking right. You get no photo. I hope you. I hope them camera phones is the new iPhone with the little third camera because you get no photo. Why? Why? My thing is. Why? Trump with you. Okay, you're married. You had a beautiful wedding day, I'm assuming.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wasn't invited. Appreciate that. Um,
1: Before we even knew each other.
0: Should have still threw something out there. <laughs> is there any way that you can argue for the bride and groom in this situation? Is there something I missed? Nope,
1: nope, nope. First of all, the <laughs> fact that this woman agreed to $250 is, that's why I keep going back to that. That mm-hmm. is so cheap. I don't care if she's not a real photographer or not. She agreed to basically do the work for free and then you can't even get her a meal now I understand that she might not have a, a seat at the table okay because you p- you pay for each table setting there might not have been room for her at the table but you still could have given her a plate that yeah. is a- absolutely ridiculous absolutely ridiculous I can't find any reason why this is okay have we heard from the bride and groom
0: I haven't seen it if we have I'm sure they'll e- either they have or I haven't seen it or they'll come out of the woodwork soon
1: On a level of 1 to 10, how petty is the photographer?
0: I'm going to go with 3. Slightly petty? Slightly petty. I'm going to go with 3 because I really don't think it's that petty. Oh, see, I have another (laughs) rule in life. And this is another rule in life. You guys, if you don't take any rule away from me, take this one rule. This is the rule. Oh, it's fuck me? No. It's fuck you. (laughs) That's the number. I'm the nicest guy, but see, if it's fuck me, it's not fuck me. That's what you only think it's fuck me. It's actually fuck you, and I'm gonna show you right now. I don't think it's petty at all. You, you know don't what I think mean? It's petty. Gino McLaughlin told me that. I told Gino we were in an <laughs> argument. Gino was Gino said I said, "Man, fuck you, nigga." He was like, "Well, if, oh, it's fuck me. Well, then it's fuck
2: you." And then we both <laughs> laughed as friends.
0: Uh, So we are going to take a break and we're going to come back on the other side of this break with Caroline Corbin, professor of law at Miami University to talk about the recent developments on the Texas abortion ban. Come back on the other side.
2: This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus you can track your training, nutrition and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details.
1: This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the
3: Bagel with Tom.
4: Oh, the paradox of the bagel, tis crunchy yet soft, tis filling yet has a hole, tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's, huzzah, a toast to breakfast.
0: We promise you guys that if there was a development in the fight for women's reproductive rights in Texas, that we would update you, but with an expert, Caroline Mala Corbin, who teaches law at the University of Miami. Her accolades are too long to list. She was fantastic the last time we talked about this Texas law, and we decided to have her back to shed light on what just happened. There's been a development in Texas. Would you mind telling us what it is and what it means?
4: Yes, but first, just a very brief reminder of what's going on in case people just catch people up. Such um, a professor. <laughs> Sorry, but I will try not to be a long-winded professor. You're great. So basically, Texas passed a completely unconstitutional law. Basically, a ban abortion at six weeks, when the law is quite clear that you cannot ban abortions before twenty-four weeks. So everybody knows this is an unconstitutional law including Texas. And it also knew that if a federal court were to consider the law, it would strike it down before it went into effect. And so what Texas did is it structured a law that would evade review by federal courts. Mm. And it did it in a way that made it very difficult to know who to sue. And they succeeded. So the clinics and providers sued to prevent the law from going into effect, because that's usually what happens when a state passes a law and it's blatantly unconstitutional before it goes into effect. They're sued, federal courts look at this law and say, this is blatantly unconstitutional, you cannot enforce it. Um, But because of Texas shenanigans, it did go into effect. And that's when the US government stepped in. So then the Department of Justice brought a lawsuit against Texas. And so the case that was at issue today was United States versus Texas. And so the United States sued the state of Texas, arguing this law is completely unconstitutional. And because it's the U.S. of A. bringing the lawsuit, it was able to overcome some of the procedural hurdles that stymied the earlier case. Okay, so part of the um, what Texas had done is it had um, so one of the requirements of a lawsuit properly before a federal court is that you have the right people suing and the right people sued. And in the first case, what Texas had done is they had prohibited Texas officials from bringing claims. They had deputized private citizens to bring the claims. And so it was very hard to know who to sue. And, the court said, that's partly why the Supreme Court let the law go into effect, because the Supreme Court said, we don't think you bought the right people. We, We don't think you sued the right people. This time, the United States was able to sue Texas. So it sued the right person, the right defendant was in court. And the United States had standing to bring the suit, meaning it was the right party to bring the case. Mm So, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Mm -hmm. go ahead. So that's sort of the procedural question. And I'm more than happy to talk about the details about why Texas was the, I mean, why the United States had standing or was the right party to bring the suit. But I wanna get to the exciting part Um, because what the district court said is not only United States, you have met the procedural hurdles put in your you have overcome the procedural hurdles but it actually looked at the law and said this law is crazy well it didn't say that but it sort of <laughs> said that in judge speak <laughs> um but it basically said is this is a blatant violation of women's rights and it's unconstitutional and not only that is i'm staying the law in other words this law is no longer in effect in texas
1: Mm. which is a which is a victory if you're pro choice. So can I want to ask the next question? Naturally, people are saying, "Okay, this is kind of a temporary fix at the moment. So what's next?"
4: Okay. So yes. So this decision is good there's good news. There's bad news and there's more bad news. Oh. <laughs> Damn it! (laughs) Damn it, Caroline. So the good news is what you just pointed out is is abortion is now available again to the women of Texas after six weeks, and that is major. But as uh, as Rachel kind of made clear, it's temporary, and the reason it's temporary is because the federal court that decided this is sort of the the on the bottom of the hierarchy there are three levels of federal courts. I'm sorry, I'm being professorial again. There are three (laughs) levels of federal courts. The district court, which issued the decision. Then it goes up to the court of appeals, which is the fifth circuit. Mm -hmm. And they can reverse the district court's decision. And then above that is the Supreme court. So the first bad news is that this case is going to go up to the fifth circuit. And the fifth circuit is and a a stunningly conservative court. Mm. And they are well known for their hostility to reproductive rights. And so while abortion is today available again, once the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals considers the case, they may say, I'm sorry, we are removing this state and the law goes back into effect
0: what do you feel like i'm not asking you to 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 play the psychic here but just from your guess would you guess that that's likely to happen
4: yes yeah.
0: mm. mm.
4: again maybe not <laughs> right um, i mean i, I don't think it, it's hard to emphasize how unusual what texas did one person described it this is another person not me because as a professor perhaps i wouldn't talk this way it's basically like giving the middle finger to the rule of law Mm. Um, because it structured the law to avoid scrutiny by the courts and so it knew it was unconstitutional and yet It's not just that it passed it knowing it was unconstitutional. It passed it trying to avoid a federal court from ever being able to get to the point and say it's unconstitutional before it went into effect and harmed all the women of Texas who no longer have the security of having access, legal access to abortion.
1: So it goes to the Court of Appeals, and let's just say, hypothetically, the Court of Appeals um, sends it back, right, to the state of Texas, or they they say that it is constitutional or whatever decision it is that they make. Okay, okay. yes. And my question then is, does it ultimately then go back to the Supreme Court? So what the Supreme Court punted back to the state of Texas ends up right back in their court again.
4: It may well go to the Supreme Court because... Once a decision is made at the Fifth Circuit level, the losing party can appeal to the Supreme Court. Um, But what is important to understand about the Supreme Court is that it doesn't necessarily have to take every case that is appealed to it. So there could be a request for the Supreme Court to hear it, but they might say no because There are thousands of people who want the Supreme Court to review the decision they got in the Court of Appeals, but the Supreme Court only hears 90, 80, 100 cases a year. So there's no guarantee that it will take the decision. Um, That's if it goes through normal channels. There's also emergency applications, which is another sort of route to get to the Supreme Court. I, I don't know exactly how this case will unfold. But if this case is unconstitutional,
1: or this is if this law is unconstitutional, I can't imagine the Supreme Court not wanting to hear it because it directly challenges Roe v. Wade. So you have Texas doing something kind of that the rest of the country isn't
4: doing. You would have thought that this attempt to get around the federal courts would have irked the Supreme Court the first time they were faced with it. And yet, they still let it go into effect. Hmm. Um, The other thing to understand is that the Supreme Court has already agreed to hear a different case challenging Roe v. Wade. And that's already on its docket. So that's scheduled for December 1st. So on December 1st, the Supreme Court is hearing a different challenge to Roe v. Wade. So if it makes a decision in that case, it need not necessarily also address it in this one.
0: My last question. With justices on the court like Justice Barrett, Justice Kavanaugh, who are... (laughs) Who are um, certainly uh, conservative justices who have not been... On fire about keeping around Roe v. Wade or about their stances on women re- women's reproductive rights, even if it were to go to the Supreme Court, at that point, does it how much how much of a challenge would it face from justice from justices like Barrett and justices
4: like Kavanaugh? And that is the million dollar question, right? What is the Supreme Court going to do about? the right to abortion. It is well established, millions of women depend on it for their autonomy and their equality. It is part of, um, and, and it has been the law for over 50 years. So the question is, is the Supreme Court going to eliminate a right that over the half the country needs and depends on without a principled reason for doing so? Or are they going to simply keep the right in name but try and gut the level of protection? Because while I can't predict which of those two options it's going for, Mm. abortion rights are not going to be as strong after a Supreme Court decision as they are now mm. that's the only thing i can say for sure but you put your finger on it what are they going to do i don't know i don't know what they're going to do about women's rights
0: i have an answer i have an answer to this entire problem and that is right now appoint <laughs> carolyn corbin <laughs> to the united states supreme
4: what, court. what you know that's one of the options on the table is to <laughs>
0: expand expand the expand, number the
4: yeah yeah
0: Expand the court.
4: Here's a little constitutional law. While the Constitution says that there shall be a Supreme Court, it does not dictate the actual number of justices on the court. And so it is an option to increase the number of justices.
0: I say put on the court put caroline corbin on the court thank you so much
1: yes thank you for stopping for helping by. us make heads of always heads a
0: pleasure of we're gonna be pestering you every time <laughs> we need some stuff that's
4: great because because of you you forced me to actually look at the decision there was one point that i wanted to make that i didn't get to the nasty provision of the law mm-hmm. that says even if you provide an abortion while it's legal because you've declared it unconstitutional if a court above you later says, actually, it's not like, actually, it re- reinstitutes the law, you can still be liable. I didn't say Jeez. that well. Oh, my God. No, we
0: definitely <laughs> need to get that. Like, it, it, like, uh, so. Let me explain. Sure.
4: Because the district court has stayed the law, many of the clinics of abortion are getting back to work mm-hmm. and providing women with abortions even after six weeks. But they're doing it at risk to themselves because there is a provision in the law that says, even if the abortion is legal at the time you perform it, perform it, if the next court above you then reinstates the law, you are liable for that abortion after six weeks.
0: My God. So
4: those clinics are, are trying their best. To provide health care to the women of Texas, knowing that the Fifth Court, the Fifth Circuit might well reinstate the law. And they once again become on the hook for providing health care to women.
1: Mm. I'm so glad you made that point. because uh, yeah. that's something that people really need to know. Yeah. And right. that and was in the original law. That is the, in they the law. They thought about everything. They I thought mean, about everything. Jeez. Yes
0: so sinister nasty my god well thank you professor yes we definitely need to get that in (laughs)
4: Yeah. (laughs)
0: right thank you very much we appreciate you joining us we'll
4: talk after the fifth circuit gets it we (laughs) will yes we will thank you
3: this episode is brought to you by hotels.com
2: Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com.
0: Uh, yeah, that was, um, started off good, but then, you know, the ending kind of got bleak of that situation right there. The Texas, I thought, I thought, I don't know.
1: I thought it was better news, but... She said, I have good news, I have some bad news, and I have some more bad news. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see what the Fifth Circuit does. Um, Gotta keep fighting. Is I your dad I on just... that? No, my dad, well, you know, she gets a little shade, a little shade towards the judge. Dad's remember dad's a she district? Was like, Remember she was like, there's the bottom... Of, of the hierarchy. hierarchy. God damn. <laughs> so there's three levels. So my dad's a district judge, and then from there you get appointed to Fifth Circuit, which governs both our states, and then um Supreme Court. That's so you can't
0: you can't do nothing to help us?
1: He can't no, not unless it fell in his court. But then again, like this judge in Austin, it fell into his court and now it's going to be appealed to the Fifth Circuit.
0: Gotta be honest with you, I'm a little disappointed in the judge here. <laughs>
1: I'll be sure to relay your sentiments to him.
0: Yeah, tell him we might have to put postpone the fishing the fishing trip real quick. I'm looking for I, kind of was, I was looking for his I was looking for his his support on this issue. Uh, Tesla is going to play a ba- a black man 137 million dollars. He sued for racial discrimination. Federal jury in San Francisco ordered Tesla to pay a former black contractor 137 million dollars. His name is Owen Diaz. Yes. My only problem is that I wanted his name to be a little blacker.
1: No stop. Owen's I'll, black.
0: I'm not saying he's not black. Of course, we got the Afro Latina situation. Afro Latino. Latino. But I like it when, when a nigga wins a suit like this, <laughs> I like for his name to be Jeffrey Jenkins Jr. Cause it just gotta, makes it
1: gotta keep the junior. <laughs> it, just like,
0: it just makes it a little more egregious. Tesla had to play Melvin Jackson Jr. a hundred and thirty seven million dollars. <laughs> Um, My question to you is this based upon this. Mm-hmm. He was working at Tesla
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and he had to, and now they're, they're going to pay him. He said that he was uh, called by the N word. He's called the N word. He was told to go back to Africa and that employees drew racist and derogatory pictures that were left around the factory. God damn, Tesla. What the fuck?
1: For this over a year. Is, for over a year, this is going
0: on at, at Tesla. This is in fucking Northern California. Shit.
1: Free. Mont.
0: Fremont. Free. Exactly. <laughs> Fremont. <laughs> Diaz said he complained and that nothing was done to stop it. Okay. $137 million for Owen Diaz. Have you ever experienced workplace racism?
1: Uh, no, not like that. Really? Also, I really hope I'm going to address that, but I really hope that, um, that, that he gets that money. Cause they're definitely going to appeal that, that, decision uh so you know Owen might be waiting a little bit but he's but it's a big it's it's a big that they even decided in his favor that's what's what's big that he was able to actually have proof which is these are cases are really really hard to prove the fact that he could prove the fact that this happened and they're awarding this much money and most of it is because of emotional distress is wild um have I experienced workplace racism not where not explicitly where anybody called me the n-word or, you know, told me to go back to Africa, it was more of more dismissive as who I was as an attorney, Mm. as a black woman, as a young black woman at that. So I had being young, being woman and being black, where I felt like attorneys, I would watch how they would respect the first chair on the case, which was always a white man, and then how they would talk to me. Like in a deposition, I had one point where an attorney was so friendly to the, ne- to the guy next to me, white man next to me, but to me was pointing his finger in my face and telling me what I better do. And I said on the record, I, I said to the court, board, I, wanna, I want you to make sure that you get this on the record. And I acknowledge how he was treating me versus how he was treating my, my co-counsel on the case and that he wasn't giving me the same respect that he was giving to me. And I wonder what's, what's the difference. Why can't you talk to me like you're talking to him? So that is more of that, what I got. Uh, People didn't hold me in the same regard as they did my white male counterpart. Or I would be sitting in a courtroom because I worked as um, I worked for a private firm and I did municipal law. So we represent we were city attorneys for a lot of the uh, suburban towns outside of Dallas. And so I worked as a local prosecutor. Doing like traffic tickets and stuff like that. And um, I'd come in and the attorneys come in and they talk to you, right? They're like, mm-hmm. oh, where's the attorney? They walk right past me to the judge, to the court clerk. And they'd be like, has the attorney arrived yet? And they'd be like, she's sitting right there. So they wouldn't yeah. believe that I could be the attorney. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Have you? Uh,
0: of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do what I always do. I threaten violence. Yeah. Have you uh, ever
1: not threatened and just did it?
0: Did the violence?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No. That wasn't
0: violence. (laughs) That was my friend and I was talking to him. I just fucking talked to the guy a couple of days ago. That wasn't violence. Uh, But it was on on a a set some years ago. Um, I was on the set and some guys uh some guys came along, and maybe I was wrong for this. Don't worry. Tell me if I'm wrong for this. Some transport guys were there, like transportation guys, like they're uh, teamsters. Teamsters, they would sit down, they would talk to me. And I was sitting there, and uh, I had there were some saltine crackers on my desk, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the construction guys walked by. He walked by. He went, um, he's like, uh, Van, let me have two of them white people. wanted the crackers and I was like ha 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 and I laughed and then the construction guy came up behind me were they white? no this guy was black okay and he goes and the construction guy comes up and goes you know I just heard you laugh at that I could call you something right now and I said I'll beat your motherfucking ass how's that sound I said go for it I said and I'm gonna beat your motherfucking ass right here in front of all of these people I bet you won't. And then he just he ran. They, he ran he over. He ran away. <laughs> no, no. He ran over to the supervising producer and brought the supervising producer back over here. My blood pressure didn't go up a tick. I was, I, I was like, she was like, Van, are you threatening people with violence? I was like, he threatened to call me the N word. Yep. He, he threatened to call me the N word. I'm letting you know. And I and I said that I said this for anybody in earshot. If I get called the N word on this set, I'm a Bust your fucking ass! I was only twenty three. I would have made a joke probably these days, but yeah. So nah. But those workplace racism, an inward threat to me is racism on the workplace. And of course,
3: you know,
1: of course it is. I've never even been threatened. Now I'm not saying I'm sure I wasn't called something behind my back, but right. never had. I've never had explicit racism.
0: Then there was the there was the notorious TMZ Suge Knight inward thing that I think we've talked about on here. Um, which was when the TMZ put the poll up whether or not black people should call be called N words or African yeah,
1: We have not talked about this and oh I my do not God. know this.
0: Okay, so look, we got back in the day, this guy that's Adam Sandler's pal said the N-word at some bar in Santa Monica. Who knows? White people flip out and say the N-word once in their life. They all go crazy. Just whether or not we get it on camera is the is our luck. Um and when he said it, when they got him after that, he said that he had been hanging around Shug Knight and Suge Knight gave him permission to say the N word. Oh, his name is Peter Dante or something like that. When ab sandwich.
1: I'm sure if you search hard enough, you can all find a black person that'll give you permission.
0: Sure, of course, Sage Steele. Um, but but um, anyway, so that video comes out, and then Harvey puts the video in the post, writes the story up, and at the bottom of the post oh, on, fr- no. on Friday, we do polls, and he goes, which word should black people be called like African-Americans or niggas.
1: He said that?
0: I don't know. I didn't actually see the poll itself. I only got the... Those uh, were the you
1: know. only two options.
0: Oh, well, yeah. That's what, that's what and Suge sh- Knight... And,
1: and which we, one we, won.
0: we talked to Suge Knight and got Suge Knight. And Suge Knight said... This is what Suge Knight said. It was based on the Suge Knight thing. Suge Knight said, I don't want to be called an African-American. He's like, I would much rather be called a nigga. That's what Should Knight said. I'm a nigga, not African-American. And so then we did a post, like, should African-Americans or niggas? I, I, I like, and so I was off on Monday's show and this went up over the weekend. Everybody hit me up. This is years ago, maybe like 2015, something like that. Everybody hit me up. Everybody hit me up. And so when I got back in the office that Monday, I fucking let them have it, all like in the office and on TV, and I and I will and 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 everybody was so freaked out. They're like, "Van, we're gonna give you an open forum on television to to, to talk about all of it." That's I call wild. Harvey stupid to his face on the show, and Good for I, you. I and I like and I I went up, but look, it didn't matter. I was still working for TMZ, which I did for like four more years after that. So you know, <laughs> whatever it happens, um, but yeah. I didn't get no $137 million, though. Good for Owen. Good for Owen. I love you, Owen. I'll tell you who didn't (laughs) get money. Who? Negro colleges. So sad. It's very sad. Very sad. Biden? Biden a little shaky right now. (laughs) Biden a little shaky. The funding for the El Negro colleges, the HBCUs, uh, it's going on down. Oh, yes, it looks like the HBCU funding is falling from $45 billion to $2 billion under Joe Biden's latest spending plan. Historically, Black colleges and universities were looking forward to $45 billion in funding, but they may be faced with just under $2 billion. $2 billion! uh, Under the Biden administration's multi-trillion dollar spending plan. That that happens because there was Democratic infighting that is going down. The $3.5 trillion bill was set to include $45 billion for HBCUs and other minority-serving minority institutions. Newest iteration has brought that down to $2 billion for educational programs and the infrastructure of HBCUs. So uh, it's not that there, this was money that they were getting. This was money that they were going to be getting. There's been a lot of back and forth in different wings of the Democratic Party over this spending bill, the, pro- the moderates versus the progressives. Um, and the number is coming down and it looks like that they're cutting out of uh, the money that was going to be going to HBCUs.
1: They didn't just cut it. It's like they slashed it. Mm-hmm. They demolished it. Mm-hmm. You go from $45 billion mm-hmm. to $2 billion, And who knows how long. And it, it seems like if you read the article that this has been a, something that's been in discussion with the administration for a while. So I can only imagine that these HBCUs have been Figuring out what they're going to do with this money and how they're going to allocate these funds. and Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing?
0: Because I'm just thinking uh, HBCU presidents <laughs> everywhere <laughs> that was like looking for Ferraris and shit.
1: I'm over was- here I'm trying to have a serious conversation. <laughs> are you talking about that? How- I was just <laughs> thinking about
0: the dudes that, at, at Texas Southern. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh shit. Why
1: do you can't do us like that.
0: It's lit.
1: I'm telling you, like man, that?
0: Texas Southern, Southern Grammar, everybody, man, it's about to be fucking lit. Now they shit now these they can't go to Cancun now.
1: Stop, stop. <laughs> I will not let stop, stop. Y'all please, please ignore my co host. <laughs> As we talk about this subject, they be stealing can, the money though. That's I can, all I'm saying. Okay, that's a stereotype. Not every that is not every president. you <laughs> <I'm just joking. laughs> stop though. Somebody will take. Remember, they're gonna take what you said and be like, "Well, Van said that the reason." Come on now, somebody will will cut it. Take mm-hmm. it. He's it. He's kidding. He's kidding. He's kidding. He's Dave Chappelleing. Mm-hmm.
0: That's what you're uh, doing. But you were saying though,
1: I was saying that these college and universities, these historically black college and universities, I'm sure were already figuring out where the money was gonna go, mm. how they were gonna recover from the pandemic because they're statistically showing that they less students were applying, um, their endowments have dropped, like, every, like they have suffered completely because of the pandemic and how that's affected education and funding. And they were depending on this money. And from 45 billion to 2 billion, that is not a lot of money to go around when you're spreading it out across all the HBCUs. So it's really disappointing that when it comes to cutting, that's what you decided to cut. And plus, it's one of the things that President Trump was bragging about how much he helped hbcus now here you have the biden administration it was a talking point now here you have the biden administration when something's on the chopping block the first thing you do is you cut the money to the hbcus i don't know it just like helps with the trump that's one of the first things i thought of we should say
0: they're cutting money that they were going to be getting
1: Yes that they were going to be giving But this was obviously an ongoing discussion You know they didn't just say Hey we're going to give you 45 billion they had, been, they had to have been talking with presidents And administrations mm. within HBCUs And trying to figure out the need That they needed to fill You know what I mean And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden to say Okay how much do you need Okay maybe we can do this To now say Actually we're thinking of cutting it back to this number It's pretty heartbreaking
0: Yeah. So I got a message for the Biden-Kamala team
1: What is
0: it? We need a fucking
4: win. We should
1: keep a chart up.
0: We should keep a chart. We're going to keep a chart. We need a fucking win. Y'all talked a lot of shit. We put y'all in there. We came out in droves. Black women saved America again. We need a fucking win. I saw Cory Booker on there talking about the, the child tax credit. I looked it up. That's not something specifically for black people, although it does help black children. It helps all children. Fantastic. I'm going to be completely forthright right now. All the stuff for black farmers is amazing as well. I'm going to talk directly to them, though. I'm talking about on the issues that get black America moving. I am not downplaying anything that could be done for black farmers. Black farmers have lost millions acres of land over mm-hmm. the course of this last century. Not downplaying anything. I'm saying black people need a big, shiny win. Big, shiny win. Police reform is on life support. Voting rights on life support. And when you need to cut some shit out of your goddamn spending bill, you didn't cut down to 10 or 15 billion, you went down to two, and the schools Mm -hmm. are paying for it, okay? Mm -hmm. It's people from them schools that went out and got y'all elected. Mm -hmm. We need to win.
4: Mm -hmm. Y'all fucking up.
0: I'm not gonna be long-winded about it. People don't want me to be long-winded. It I'm not going to be long-winded is. about it. We need to win. This is like this is fucked up. we about to, I tell you, <laughs> we'll be honest with you. I'm about to start getting on your ass. I'm going to be real with you. I'm about to start getting on your motherfucking ass. All right, uh, I hope you guys didn't think I saw this. 18 former NBA players charged with defrauding the NBA's health and welfare benefit plan. And I will just be forthright. One of these players is Glenn Big Baby Davis, who is my cousin. I don't know anything I haven't spoken to Glenn about this. I don't know the ins and outs of this. This is not something I will not cover. This is not something we will not talk about. Uh, More information will be forthcoming. He is my family. And so I want to make sure people know that I'm aware of the story. I reached out to Glenn earlier. I've never known that guy to have one crooked bone in his body. So... Mm -hmm. I'm sure there is something to be said here and when it's said, I'll talk to you guys about it, but I'm not ignoring it. He's my cousin, uh, so I just wanted to go ahead and put that out there. There's other players involved, Darius Miles, Seb- Sebastian Telfair, a couple other people and there are all kinds of allegations. Some well-known names there, Shannon Brown, um, Ruben Patterson. If you follow football, these are some Jamario Moon, Will Bynum. These are guys that you might have heard of. So, uh, Football eight- or basketball? Excuse me, if you follow basketball, I'm sorry. If you follow the NBA, these are guys you might have heard of, so uh, yeah, I'm not ignoring it, but I'm telling you, obviously with a situation like this, I'm going to want as much information as
1: possible before I talk about it. Here's the wild thing about this story. Wild. 18, I think it was around 18 NBA players have been indicted yes. um, or named in this, mm-hmm. in this uh, or charged with this, mm-hmm. indicted. Um, yet, none of the doctors have been charged Or named in this. Isn't that wild?
0: You know what that means?
1: Uh, They're the ones who told.
0: Glenn is innocent. Oh, that's what it means right there. Glenn is
1: innocent. He didn't do it. Listen, for all you guys (sighs) wondering, there were fraudulent invoices that were created Mm. for healthcare services that allegedly these NBA players said they received. They they filed it with the insurance company. They didn't receive these services. And the guy who was the ringleader leader got a kickback off of the money that they got paid, um uh that was given to them for the for these services that they mm-hmm. whatever received. Um but the offices that created the invoices were not named and charged. That mm-hmm. is wild to me because clearly none of this could have happened if they weren't creating these fake invoices.
0: I'll be real with you. Even if they did do it, I don't care.
1: You don't care about any of
0: it? I, if they did it, it's victimless to me. Fucking try to. So white collar
1: crimes don't mean anything to you?
0: I mean, not when they happen to institutions like the NBA.
1: Well, not institutions. The NBA, NBA players.
0: Well, no, but this is comes. They this came from the NBA. They defrauded. Yes, the NBA they defrauded them. Health and wellness benefit packages. Correct. I don't they made them. their
1: pockets bigger, but at the end of the day, it's a crime. So what? so again white collar crimes don't mean anything to you
0: it depends on what kind of white collar crimes like Enron means something to me Enron runs all the fucking stock shit crazy shit people that had all the Enron shit invested in Enron they lose all their fucking money that matters
1: I have a problem with people lying about the health care they receive to get money I have a problem with that
0: I'm going to go ahead and be honest. Frauding the healthcare I'm system. Fucking, it's,
1: messed up as, it's messed up enough as it is. I, I guess don't care who you are. I don't care what organization is I involved. I guess it is. It's messed up. Get your up. shit.
0: Do you, so let me ask you. Do you have a problem with the PPP scams? Yes. No, I don't.
1: Yes. I, don't. I 100% do. There's a it, whole thing about people in Batson Nation that were getting PPP loans. Who? Uh, who? You want me to start naming them?
0: Hell Yeah. I know, I know, I know Dell was. I know he was.
1: Dale, I think I was. <laughs> Dale I uh, think... Dale
0: looks like a PPP like, ass. Who Danga. didn't
1: have a business, right? If you had a business, mm-hmm. I, I I don't care about that, right? You had business, whatever.
0: I look at Dale, I see PPP. Is it true that Clip and Dale Chip and Dale broke up again?
1: I totally texted you this. They broke up? They broke up. They're done for good.
0: Okay. I wanna see I wanna see Chip do better than this. Chip, don't go back to Dale again.
1: I I really I don't think she will. I who's she going to date is it. now?
0: Who, is it, who's out there? Who's number one out there for Chip? Who you think? What kind of guy you think Chip is going to date? Shouldn't we do a, a, a reality show now based around Chip finding love?
1: Well, they did that. It was called The Bachelorette.
0: No, not that one because that one didn't even play out. She got too excited over.
1: What a, you think she's going to do on round two?
0: But see, this is my thing, though. First of all, would they ever bring her back to The Bachelorette again? That would be big ratings no, if they did. no. Okay, so here, here's my thing about Chip in this situation. Number one, let's be honest, Chip kind of fine.
1: Okay? Gorgeous.
0: Okay. So she jumped off. She wouldn't be the first white woman who dove off the deep end for the tall, light-skinned black dude. It (laughs) happens. It happens. It's happened before. Okay? So my thing is, we want to see her find love. We could fucking care less what happens to Dale. PPP Dale. uh, Party City's hiring. He'll go out there. He'll be in the, the, the photo shoots. It's fine. But I want to. I want Chip to be happy.
1: I do too. But she's,
0: she's not going to be with ha- a
1: lot. She's dealing with a lot. Like her mom's health is failing. She's dealing with a lot. So, you know, we want her to take her time, take care of herself, and when she's ready, you know, we can talk about it. But for now, she got to stay away from from Dell. <sighs> All
0: right, uh, mail back time. Sorry, Chip. Mail back time time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them oh it's mailbag time write us with your queries and we'll chime in
2: from
1: sunshine a12 if you had to drink one thing other than water for the rest of your life what would it be
0: orange juice what I kind of orange, orange juice?
1: juice i used to what kind of orange juice i uh,
0: i really like any kind i used to like i was somewhat prefer like somewhat preferential to the walmart brand back in the day oh. um but now i'm too special Fushi? for that so we get like simply orange oh
1: orange. love a simply orange pulp
0: no pulp I hate pulp. no pulp okay hate pulp. what about you
1: uh this is tough Probably Red Bull. Sugar free. Sugar free.
0: God, Rachel. You'd be turned up around this bitch.
1: Red Bull, sugar free, or Kool-Aid? It's gonna be one Ooh, or the other.
0: Kool-Aid! Let's have a Kool-Aid party, the four of us.
1: Okay, and how, what does that mean? We're just who makes the best Kool-Aid?
0: You don't know you never had a Kool-Aid party before? No. This is what a Kool-Aid party is. It's two ways you can do it. You make two pitches of Kool-Aid. Okay. One pitcher of Kool-Aid spiked, one pitcher of Kool-Aid not spiked. Ooh. Or you make two, you make, or if you have people coming over to your house and this is dubious for people (laughs) in college, but uh, you pour actual cups of Kool-Aid, but you don't tell people which cups of Kool-Aid have alcohol in them.
1: You don't think people can taste?
0: Sometimes they can, but the cups, you can taste it when you're drinking it, but you don't know when you're grabbing it. Gotcha. So it's a
1: a Okay, we'll do a Kool-Aid party if we really do a bachelor watching party.
0: Bachelor, okay, bachelor watch party, Kool-Aid party. Okay, cool. Um, Let's go next question. Come on.
1: Well, that brings me to my next question. This is from S. Riddle, 5454. Now that Rachel's season is on Hulu, would you guys ever recap it on the pod?
0: Yep. Nope. I sure would. Nope. I We're not, doing it.
1: I <laughs> We're not doing it. I would love to.
0: I, I, I'm I would not love about to, to come
1: on here and be a joke every single complete
0: podcast. with interviews with the guys and the whole. not I'm willing Hell to do. No. I'm willing no. to do. Bill, I'm willing to do a separate part. Bill, Bill, Juliet, I'm willing, I'm to, do separ- my I'm I'm willing <laughs> to do a separate part. I'm turning in my two weeks. I'm willing to do a separate part, like a rewatch, have a batch seen of rewatch. It.
1: Nobody's gonna listen to it.
0: They'll come for us, baby.
1: I'm turning in my two weeks. I'm giving my two weeks notice. <laughs> <laughs> the day that gets green lit. <laughs>
0: All right, they would uh, love for
1: you to do that.
0: I would love to. Uh,
1: <laughs> Complete with interviews.
0: One more. One more.
1: This is from just NC. What are or would be your couple's Halloween costume with your significant other? So Van and Kalika, Rachel and Brian. I don't believe in it. We've never. Oh, no. I was a Playboy bunny one year.
0: And he was half, he
1: heft- and he was Hugh after.
0: Degrading, <laughs> Jesus this Christ! This was a few years ago. Degrading, you're like, you're like oh my it's God! A few years
1: ago, what the it's fuck is going ago. on over there? I look back and not, not my, not my best moment, but you know, right. it happened. It's on social media. I'm not gonna hide from it. it uh, we don't do that anymore. We don't do that. Yeah. We don't dress up. I don't even know what we would do.
0: That's not happening. That's not happening. For many reasons, that's not happening. All right, uh, that's enough. That's enough mailbag for right now. That's a lot of reasons. You but, done? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's enough mailbag. Ally of the Week. So we don't have an Ally of the Week, but we do have a praise report.
1: I like this.
0: I love it too. Orlando Brown, who used to be on, what was he on? That's So Raven? That's Orlando So Brown Raven, yeah. He struggled for with drug addiction for a long time, but it looks like Orlando Brown is doing a lot better. He's clean and he's now a Christian rapper.
1: I think he was on Family Matters too, wasn't he? Wasn't he little, sure. little Reggie's friend? Was that his he name? He might
0: have been. He might have been. He's done a lot of stuff in the little uh, in, in, as a child actor. And he was out there bad for a long time. Had some really, really, really bad moments, but he's out there now. I'm not sure which is being worse, a drug addict or a Christian rapper. But like, yeah, I'm not. But I'm happy for him. Like I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. He's Are out there; he's doing with a lot that, better. With those,
1: listen, I, I love this because we're very quick to talk about when he was not doing well and what happened to Orlando Brown and all of that was trending. And sometimes we, we, we relish in the negativity. So it's nice to say, you know what, he's actually doing well. Doing well. He, it looks. I think he's married. He's got a kid. He's
0: married. He's look He's doing good. He's doing. He's a good. Christian
1: rapper. He Christian looks rapper. so much healthier. So right. good for him. Good for, good him.
0: for him. Good for him. for him. Seriously, play, prayers. Is, I've met him before. Uh, prayers you know, and blessings. Had to are, add that in there. No, no, no. I've I'm, I've met him. Well, I'm telling. What I'm mean to say is that I don't know Orlando Brown, but I'm saying I met him when he was. We covered him at TMZ when he was doing bad.
1: Exactly. And, People and, love to do that.
0: Yeah, and so uh, I'm. I'm I'm glad to see somebody like that like get it all turned around. So shout out to Orlando Brown, OB, Orlando Brown. All right, that is enough higher learning. That is enough. We have Indigenous People's Day coming up on Monday, right? Yes, and we do. We have a very special episode of Higher Learning.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, we have Lynette Graybull coming on to talking about missing and murdered Indigenous women, and it is a amazing conversation that in all seriousness, I hope every single one of you who tunes into this podcast listen to this brilliant, amazing lady talk about her life's work. It's really great stuff. Yeah. I was moved and I was floored. So please check in with us on Monday. All right. Take your thing caps off, but do not stop learning. Please read the articles and not just the headlines. I am Van Lathan Jr.
1: I am Rachel and Lindsay. Bye, guys.